Hi friends, welcome to Bookish Bliss, our virtual book club. Every week we will dig into a section of chapters in our favorite books. Let's get started. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to episode four of Bookish Bliss. We have a lot to discuss today. Yes, this week we'll be covering chapters 33 to 39 of A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. There will be no spoilers beyond the cover chapters. You don't have to read the whole book to listen. You just have to be caught up on the chapters we're covering. Amanda, what are you drinking tonight? Take a guess. Mark West. West. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Take a guess. Mark West. Yes. (laughs) That's my go-to. It is very good. Yeah, my go-to for sure. What are you drinking tonight? Well, let me tell you. I'm drinking a Montepelioso, I believe is pronounced. It's a Costa Toscana. It's an Italian wine that I got at this place called Grey's, I think it's called, in East Greenwich. Fancy. Yes. I'm just like feeling myself tonight. I got my hair done. I know. It looks amazing. Lindsay Ben in Bristol. So good. Shout out. She did amazing. (laughs) She did so good. I love it so, so much. All right. Let's pour our glasses. Yes, I already have one poured. So oh, I'll just... I'm behind. Of course. <laughs> I'm always the one behind. What's yours called again? Oh, Montepelioso. Montepelioso. It sounds like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> I know. Do I get extra wine? Do I get an extra, some more money with this spell? Well, <laughs> I would will be cheers. Nice. <laughs> more money, more wine. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Episode Episode four, four. baby. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Actually, that is really good. I really like that. Is it white? I missed it. No, it's red. Oh, it's red. Mm -hmm. Nice. Going with the red tonight, both of us. I always, well, most likely always have a glass of red when we're recording. If I don't, something is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Or I ran out of red. That's awesome. Let's get started with the good stuff in Breakdown Akatar Part 4. Over to you, Meg. Please summarize this set of chapters for us. Just like all the other episodes, I'm going to be doing a brief couple sentences of each of the chapters, and then later in the episode, we'll be digging a little bit deeper on what happened in these crazy chapters. This week, there are less chapters, but a lot happened. Yes. All right, here we go. Chapter 33. Feyre and Alice are making their way under the mountain. Alice gives her some tips and tricks, and Feyre admits she has no plan. We learn there is a part of the curse still that Alice is not allowed to say and tells Feyre to listen to everything she hears. Feyre enters the cave, and she is walking for ages. When she sees a crack, she can slip through, and she finally breaches the court under the mountain. Before she can even begin to search for Tamlin, she is caught by the Ator. Chapter 34. Feyre is brought before all the High Fae now living under the mountain, and we see Amarantha on her throne with Tamlin by her side for the first time. Tamlin is pretending he doesn't know Feyre, but she claims she is here for the man she loves. Amarantha makes a bargain with her. If she can complete three tasks or answer a riddle, she will give Tamlin back. Then they beat her up. <laughs> I totally thought... That was one of those instances that Alice was talking about, that it was all in her head and she wasn't actually getting beat up. I tried Mm. to convince myself that and then she didn't recover. So I was like, 
Oh shit, that was real. <laughs> that actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 35. Favorite assesses her injuries. She has a broken nose and a split lip. Lucian sneaks into her cell to heal her. Favorite gets dragged in front of Amarantha again, who wants to know her name. Rhysand was going to force Lucian to give up Feyre's name, but Feyre saves Lucian by just giving her own name up, and Amarantha gives Feyre a riddle to consider. Chapter 36. It's time for Feyre's first task. She has to defeat a giant worm with rows of teeth in an arena filled with disgusting mud. She's clever and sets a trap for the worm, defeating the worm to the disappointment of all the fairies watching besides Tamlin, Lucian, and Rhysand. But we do get to see Feisty Feyre as she throws her bone sword at Amarantha, covering her in mud. Have to say, favorite part. Hell yeah. Chapter 37. Feyre has a broken arm and she is coming down with an infection she will surely die from. An unlikely rescuer comes to her assistance, but there's a price. Rhysand says he will heal her if she will agree to live with him at the night court for two weeks every month. She refuses, but after she realizes she has no idea when Lucian will come and she could die or have her arm amputated, before that, she agrees to Rhysand's deal, but she will only go for one week instead of two. He heals her injuries and cleans her up with magic, but now she has a tattoo of black swirls and flowers from her fingers to her elbow with their bargain. Chapter 38. Now that she is healed from her injuries, the guards set up impossible household tasks for her to complete. Cleaning a floor with muddy water, but is saved by Lucian's mother during this task, and another task to clean lentils out of a fireplace, and is again saved by Resand. What is going on under the mountain? Wildness. Chapter 39. The time has now come for Rhysand to show off Feyre's bargain during Midsummer. Tamlin does not react besides tightening his knuckles on his throne and Feyre gets really drunk off of extra strong fairy wine and a barely there outfit for multiple nights in a row. The night before her second trial, Rhysand is called before the court and questions a high fae from the summer court. He mercifully kills the fae. Was he protecting others in the summer court? I guess we'll have to find out. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that part. I know. I'm excited to really talk about all of these chapters because I feel like we're finally here. We're finally yes. in the moments of what we've been waiting for this entire book. Yes. And so all of these chapters, I'm like, I didn't want to stop at chapter 39. Me neither. I just to keep going and I've already read this book. I know <laughs> what's going to happen. And it took so much power for me to just stop and read the chapters with you guys and not continue forward. I was so close to starting before we recorded this episode, but I'm like, no, I can't do it. I have to record first. Yeah, you don't want to slip up. Yeah, definitely not. All right, Amanda, I'm going to hand it off to you now. and Let's talk about our characters. Yes. So first we meet our villain, finally, Amarantha. Mm-hmm. Vera describes her as petrifying, not as devastatingly beautiful as she imagined. She had red gold hair, neatly braided, and woven through her golden crown. She had snow white skin and ruby lips. She had sharp canines and black eyes. Speaking of eyes, she wore one of Jurian's encased in a ring and his finger bone at the end of a necklace, his soul trapped forever by her side. Clithia promised Jurian that he would not die, 
This was Amarantha's way of honoring her sister's wish. Conniving little bitch. So <laughs> gross. And she almost looks to the ring and to Jurian when she's doing things to see what he thinks about everything. I know, but can he give an expression with just an eye like, bitch, I see you. <laughs> he just closes his eyes. He's like, I don't want to look at you anymore. <laughs> can he? Can he close it? I don't know. I He must be able to react in some way if she keeps looking at it like a weirdo, though she is yeah. a psychopath. I mean, he deserves it for being an asshole to the sister, but still, she's our village, so. Yeah, so therefore, <laughs> we don't like anything she does. Exactly. While Feyre is working on an impossible task of getting the floors crystal clear, like you've mentioned in your summary section, mm-hmm. she meets Lucian's mother. Mm-hmm. Lucian's mother has auburn hair and porcelain skin that was exquisitely colored with rose blush cheeks. Just by looking at her, Feyre knew who she was. And she does mention that she looks a little bit older than Amarantha. Whatever Resand is up to is on my mind throughout this whole set of chapters. He goes from being this despicable enemy High Lord and Amarantha's whore to actually helping Feyre. He helps Feyre a few times and even gets hot meals sent to her cell every morning. Is the deal they made a trap? Is he actually helping Feyre for her sake or for his own? Or is all of this to ultimately torment Tamlin, which seems like one of his favorite things to do? Hmm, can't wait to talk about that. So that's all I really have for the characters in this section. We pretty much stuck with those three and Tamlin, which he didn't give us anything in this set of chapters. So I know. I was going to say, you don't want to comment on Tamlin and how he has done absolutely nothing for Feyre during I know. This. And I know Feyre thinks it's part of the curse, but I don't think it is. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> I know you heard my frustrations with Tamlin during our text messaging and you're like, but I think he's trying to protect her. And even so, and I know we'll talk about this later, I still think there's something better to do instead of staring off into space, not even acknowledging her existence. And I'll just leave it at that for right now. I agree. Let's go into our world building section. First, let's discuss the scene under the mountain. All dark and miserable roads lead to under the mountain. There was a shortcut though. (laughs) through the ancient cave that was once sacred. Alice gives Feyre three warnings about this land. One, don't drink the wine. Two, don't make deals with anyone unless your life depends on it. And three, don't trust a soul in there, not even Tamlin. Your senses are your greatest enemy and they will be waiting to betray you. I just thought of something. What What? if Tamlin is not really Tamlin? (laughs) What if they... No, I think think, think it's really Tamlin. (laughs) No. That's a great thought because of he's being such a dud, but no, it is. It is. I will tell you that it is Tamlin. Before I go off on one of my crazy tangents. (laughs) I love your tangents, but I just want to tell you right now that there is no body switch, no body double. (laughs) That is Tamlin, the High Lord of the Spring Court, standing right next to Amarantha's side. Well, we do know that Feyre doesn't listen to any of these rules. Literally, she breaks all three of them. Within like the first minute of being (laughs) there. It's like she totally forgot what Alice said, but we should have known. Alice is literally (laughs) shaking her head from afar going, I already know. I already know she broke all three rules. She's like, that girl's dead. (laughs) I can't. The throne room had enormous stone doors taller than Tamlin's Manor that opened to a vast chamber with a red marble floor carved from pale rock and upheld by countless pillars. Carvings of stories of Prithian were all over the walls. Chandeliers of jewels hung between the pillars, and Amarantha lounged on her black throne. 
The worst part for Feyre about being in the throne room was that Claire Better hung on the wall after being tortured and killed because Feyre lied and gave Reese Claire's name instead of her own. Claire was a trophy for Amarantha, but to Feyre, a horrible reminder of her deadly mistake. I don't know if I could ever mm. go into that throne room knowing that girl was rotting on the wall. Yeah. Because I of know. me? Oh, or my Claire. God. I don't know how she does it. I don't really think she has a choice at this point. Even if she didn't yeah, want to. She she has such tunnel vision now. Like Yeah, she has one task. And we know how she d- is when she has a task in mind. It's her sole focus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing she can think of. Favorite was kept in a dark cell in a cold, dirty dungeon. She could hear helpless screams and sounds of torture clear as day from her cell that often made her sick. She wondered if the spit was the source of the daily scream. The spit, we learn, was a stick over the fire that Feyre was threatened. If she didn't finish her chores to the guard's standards, they'd give her a few spins on it. She was served rotten food that she could barely eat until, of course, she made that deal with Reese and started receiving hot meals and was only let out by the red-skinned guards to do chores or when Reesan collected her to make Tamlin jealous, mm-hmm. which we will get into later in this episode. There was a massive arena where Feyre completed her first task. The floor was slick and muddy. There was a wooden platform where Amarantha and the other High Lords watched. There was a maze of tunnels and trenches running across the floor with holes that led to more underground tunnels. In this first task, Feyre had to face the Middengard a giant worm. The massive arena was his lair. The worm had an enormous mouth filled with ring after ring of razor sharp teeth. It had a pinkish brown body that moved with horrific ease. She found a tunnel filled with bones of the worm's victims, which she uses to her advantage. The worm's one weakness was that it was blind. We'll see how this plays out when we discuss later in the plot. Also, the only thing I could think of (laughs) while I read this scene was Spongebob (laughs) when the Alaskan bullworm. It's Bikini Bottom. <laughs> I know. I have seen a bunch of people who post about this scene on TikTok or Instagram or whatever use that worm as their description. Yes. So when you said that to me, I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Because I don't even yes. know what I thought of when I first read this, but I guess I didn't realize even how massive and giant with all that teeth it was. But it had to mm-hmm. have been pretty scary if she's running away from I don't know what I was picturing the first time I read it. I said to my sister, because she's a SpongeBob fan too, we're 30-year-old children. (laughs) She's a little bit behind on the reading, so she hasn't read this section yet. I told her, I was like, all I could think of was SpongeBob during the first task, so she's going to read it and she's going to know right away, and I love it. I can't wait for her to read it. We finally get a description of the Ator. Mm -hmm. Long bony fingers, taloned feet, leathery gray face with silver fangs and bat-like ears and wings. Doesn't sound as scary as <laughs> they were making it out to be, I guess. I but. guess because we've seen so many terrifying creatures at this point that it's just one yeah. other terrifying creature yeah. to add to the list. Yeah, I feel like the cereal though had a way scarier description. Yeah, but the cereal's like our I bro. Know. I know, we love him. Yeah. <laughs> Spilling all the tea. <laughs> yes, literally. Our girl Feyre is still full of questions directed at Resan this time. We learned that all high lords can shapeshift, but Rhysand prefers wings and talons as opposed to fur like Tamlin. Mm-hmm. His hands and toes switched from human-like limbs to talons to demonstrate. Feyre asks if he knows the answer to the riddle. He explains that no one can help her, as they were ordered not to by Amarantha. If she told them to stop breathing, they would have to obey. That's the kind of power she has over them. 
Yeah, because she has all their powers. <laughs> Literally. She's using their powers. So what? She doesn't have any of her own powers. I think she has her own powers, but she didn't have enough power to overtake seven high lords. Right. That makes sense. Now, we have a lot of magic in this section. Yay, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Megan's favorite section, the magic. I'm just going to list these out like bullets because we have quite a few in this section. Mm -hmm. One. Lucian finds Feyre in her cell, badly beaten with a broken nose. He can't heal her fully, or they would know someone was helping her. But he does heal her broken nose and all the swelling magically. Magically. <laughs> Rhysand also heals Feyre. She has an infected wound on her arm that she was trying to convince herself wasn't there. She couldn't shake the fever, so when Rhysand told her she was dying and offered her a deal to make her healthy again, she couldn't refuse. As you mentioned earlier, too, she also receives a tattoo-like mark from Rhysand on her hand and forearm as she accepted the deal. We've already mentioned, too, that Lucian's mother magically cleans the bucket of water for Feyre. Mm -hmm. Rhysand cleans her up as if she had just taken a fresh bath after her chore of picking lentils from the ash in the fireplace. He also magically finishes this task for her. A gift for Feyre for having the balls to ask what the answer to the riddle was. Mmm... Resand, what is he up to? Resand uses some sort of mind control power to tell the guards that there will be no more chores or tasks assigned to Feyre. No one is allowed in her cell and no one is to touch her or they're to take their own daggers and gut themselves. Mm. Wild. But this also means Tamlin can't touch her now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Drama. Drama. Two Haifei females appeared in her cell, slithered through the darkness like Resand did. They carried Feyre through the door. Mm -hmm. Her knees buckled at the sensation. It was like spiders crawling down her spine and arms. Now she doesn't have Alice. Now she has these two other females taking care of her, dressing her up and bathing her every night. I know. If two freaking ghost things just carried me through, I would be freaking out. She's just like, hmm, what's going on? <laughs> At this point, nothing is phasing her. Literally nothing ever did. I don't know why I'm not surprised. That's true. I don't know why. <laughs> We're like, why isn't she concerned? She's never concerned. Never. Amarantha uses the powers of the High Fae to let Lucian suffer from his punishment for helping Feyre during her first task. His back is not healing and he couldn't even walk after getting 20 slashes from Hamlin. Oof. He must not have liked that one. Nope. And lastly, on our list of magic for this section, I have Amarantha orders Reese to use his mind control powers to read the escapee's mind and read his intentions. Then she orders him to basically fry his brain, but instead he shatters it, killing the fairy. Yep. Oof. He doesn't even have all of his powers and he can shatter someone's brain. Yeah, that's wild. Crazy. He must be strong. Yes. Powerfully. Magically strong. Magically strong. <laughs> all right, let's dig into our plot, notable lines, and some foreshadowing. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Here we go. Chapter 33. Feyre said she might be going to her death, but she would not arrive unarmed. She went under the mountain with a full quiver, two daggers at her waist, and a bow. There were no ash arrows to be found, so she has to make do with regular arrows. Even though I'm pretty sure doesn't. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're unkillable, but you know. It's fine. At least she's not going to go down without a fight, which we know. Yes. Alice is taking her under the mountain 
and altering their course when needed when they're walking through the woods. She thinks about how she should have just stayed with Tamlin, fell in love with him, and all would have been righted, like the serial said. Mm-hmm. Alice then stops at a hollow between two hills. Just when Feyre thought, I should have brought more food on this journey because she thought that they were going to have to walk halfway through Perithian because on the map she knew that it was a long way from the spring court. But Alice brings her to a secret entrance to the cave that will bring her under the mountain, a shortcut. Mm-hmm. Alice says to Feyre, I bet you're regretting your hot-headedness right about now, but Feyre is determined to free Tamlin. Alice says that Feyre will be lucky to even be brought in front of Amarantha. So Feyre is starting to get a little bit nervous, a little bit hesitant about going into this dark cave where she can't see a thing. And of course, Alice is going to call her out on it. Yeah, she has to give her shit. Who knows if she's <laughs> ever going to see her again? <laughs> yeah, she's like, this could be my final moments with you to give you all the shit. So here yes. you go. A whole big <laughs> bunch of it. Like you said earlier, Alice gives her some tips and tricks about what to do and what not to do while she's under the mountain. And Feyre sticks her middle fingers up to all of that. (laughs) Feyre also informs Alice that, of course, she does not have a plan. She just knew she had to get back to the spring court and to go under the mountain to see Tamlin. And that is all she is focused on. Like I said earlier as well, Alice tells her there is still one part of the curse that she doesn't know, but she can't tell her as Amarantha still wouldn't want Feyre to know. Which is very interesting. If she thought the girl was dead, why would Amarantha still want this certain part of the curse, which we still don't know what it is, mm-hmm. not known to Feyre? I'm telling you, she knew that girl wasn't her. Mm. That's what I think anyway. Alice tells her to listen to everything she hears. Feyre then thanks Alice for bringing her to the cave. And Alice says no one has ever thanked her for bringing them to their death, which is just such another Alice line. And she said Lucian was mouthy. Yeah, right? (laughs) Alice just delivers line after line to us in this chapter. Yes. Here is where my notable line is for chapter 33, page 292, where Feyre says, Once you retrieve them, if you and your nephews need somewhere to flee, cross the wall. Go to my family's house. Ask for Nesta, my eldest sister. She knows who you are, knows everything. She will shelter you in any way that she can. I had to put this in because I just love that now she's even like, Nesta will help you. It's such a different attitude towards her sister than the first time she left their house. Yeah, definitely. Because every time she thought about Nesta, it was in such a negative way. Not even about Nesta, but how she thought about herself. Right, and exactly. And she's saying, oh, go to my house. Nesta will shelter you. Even if yeah. she doesn't like fairies, she knows that Nesta will do this for her. Yeah, and I just had, that's why I had to mention it. I love their relationship now. She's made a complete comeback for me, Nesta. Yes, Nesta is, I think, a character that you always are going to have a little, like, give and then she's gonna take stuff away so yeah oh i'm sure i'll be mad at her again eventually but (laughs) for now we like her yes Feyre then walks into the cave she is walking through the cave it's cold her hands are going numb when we finally after what felt like an eternity she hears voices she also sees a light coming from a crack in the cave she then slips through because of course she does no plan but here's the first little entrance and she's like let me just enter from here let me just not check anything else out 
but let me just go in. Mm -hmm. She is thinking, though, that this is a terrible idea. So at least she's aware. She is a (laughs) self-aware queen. Fearless, but aware. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But she does say or think in her head that this is probably the only chance that she'll have to go in to get Tamlin. So even if it's a bad idea, she has to take it and she has to press forward. And that's exactly what she does. But before she can do that, she feels a bony hand around her arm when the Ator says, hello, what's something like you doing here? Dang, she gets caught within the first five minutes. Literally. Of her being. I knew that was going to happen. In the light of like being in the actual court, she's caught. And I also didn't picture him to say it so nicely like you. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) He's like, hello. What's something like you doing here? (laughs) Yes. That's definitely what I was hearing in my head. Oh, God. That was perfect. I don't know. Was that better than my bog impression? (laughs) I don't know if anything will top that. Even YouTube thinks so. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. All right. Which brings us into chapter 34. The Ator is leading her through under the mountain and she sees rooms full of fairies that are not high fae. But when they get to the throne room, that's where all the high fae are. Drinking, dancing, which is not what I thought that they would be doing under the mountain when she is then thrown in front of the dais. It's interesting that she notes that there are lesser fairies under the mountain but they're almost kind of like grouped together in these rooms and then the high fae are drinking and dancing and there's like almost merriment but that could just be them playing along yeah because i think the high fae are the one that are trapped whereas the other fairies asked for her protection so she probably doesn't think they're gonna betray her Or need to be under like a close eye. Well, I don't know if the lesser fairies that she's noting are like the evil ones that requested her protection or people like Alice that they're probably there for her to like torture. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I don't think it was the evil fairies that Amaranth are using for her army because they requested protection. I think it might be fairies that are there for her amusement. Feyre looks up from being thrown on the ground and she sees Amarantha on her black throne. Next to her throne is Tamlin and he is not reacting to her presence at all just staring blankly at her. Yeah, so at this point, I was like, okay, something's up with him. I didn't realize yet that he was going to act like this. I feel like I know why he's doing what he's doing, but at the same time, it's also extremely frustrating what he's doing. Yeah. I guess he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, but it's so bad that Feyre thinks he's under some sort of spell and that's why he's not even looking at her. Like he could look at her and just like, I I don't know, know, throw a quick wink. Amaranth is not staring at him like the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I understand, especially in this first moment, he doesn't want to react because anything he reacts is going to just make Amarantha want to be worse to her. Mm-hmm. But to continue doing it, not even to try and sneak to see her, that's what bothers me. I'm like, okay, yeah, the hell's going on here? Yeah. The Ator kicks Feyre multiple times and says, tell your majesty why you are coming from the caves from the spring court. She looks at Amarantha and says that she's come to retrieve the one she loves and she is here 
Potter for Tamlin, the High Lord of the Spring Court. So even though Tamlin is not acknowledging her, Feyre is like, I'm here for him. That is my man. And I am here to take him back. Amarantha laughs. The whole rest of the court is in shock. Amarantha looks at Tamlin and says, you were certainly busy all those years. Developed a taste for human beasts, did you? Tamlin doesn't respond. His face is impassive. Feyre thinks he's under a curse or a spell and that it's too late. She has failed him. So now not only does she feel bad about all of it, now he's making her feel even worse. I know. I was kind of agreeing with her in this moment because we know Alice said there was another part of the curse. So I'm like, is this what it is? Yeah. But no. I don't think so. I don't know. I feel like a blink of the eye. I don't know. Something yeah. to acknowledge that she's there. But okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Amarantha says, but there is only one human girl who could have been taken when they killed his sentinel. So who is the girl that she tortured and slaughtered? Tamlin let her do that to save Aira. So we know that Amarantha thought that Claire was Feyre and that Claire was the one who supposedly was trying to fall in love with Tamlin to end his Mm -hmm. curse. And she then tortured and slaughtered her. And now she's hanging up on the wall, which Tamlin didn't react to. Claire being up there at all. And I'm pretty sure they even said Claire was like, I don't even know who Tamlin is. I don't even know what is going on. Yeah, Amarantha was like, wow, I should have listened to her when she said she had never seen you before. (laughs) I was like, oh my My God. God. I mean, I'm pretty wow. sure even if she knew that that wasn't Pharaoh, which I feel like she did, I think she so was still going to kill her because she hates humans. Yeah. Well, she freaking killed all her slaves instead of letting them free. There's no way she was walking out of this alive. Yeah, no way. Either way, yeah. Pharaoh is feeling all the emotions as she stares at Clara's body pinned to the wall, dead and tortured in so many horrific ways. Amarantha says to her, do you still want him? After all of this, after what he let me do to her, do you still want him? And Feyre, you know, is thinking, I came all this way. This is what I'm here to do. I'm going to die if I don't do anything. So she's like, yep, I still want him. I still love him. Yeah, I think in this moment, she's thinking, number one, he did all that for my family. I can't just leave him hanging. Mm -hmm. And number two, I feel like she tries to avenge Claire's death now. Like she can't just go home and do nothing. Not that Amarantha would let that happen, but she can't let Claire die for no reason now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When Amarantha then turns to Tamlin now, Tamlin says he has never seen Feyre before. She was probably glamored by Resand as a bad joke. So he can speak. We know that he does have words that he can use. And what he does with them is try to save Feyre in the moment saying Rhysan probably glamored her. This is all a big bad joke. Mm -hmm. But Amarantha doesn't believe him in the slightest because Mm -hmm. he did not flinch when she was torturing Claire. She did not get to see his beautiful claws come out. Amarantha has like a weird obsession with his claws. I know. She likes the beastie form. Yeah, she does. Gross. (laughs) Amarantha likes the hairy man. (laughs) (laughs) She loves the beast. (laughs) Amarantha says, well, 
this could be fun now. I think they're just so bored under the mountain. She needs some form of entertainment now that, you know, Tamlin has failed the curse that she put on him. Also, I'm wondering, why are they still under the mountain if the curse cannot be broken and she finally has taken advantage of Prithian? Or she rules Prithian now, so. Yeah, she has just set up shop under the mountain. So that's her court. That's her dominion. And that's where she's going to rule from. So that's why they're all there. Okay. Because I was thinking she was just there until the curse was over. And then she was going to set up shop somewhere else. But I guess not. Nope. She's living and thriving under the mountain. And that (laughs) is where she's going to rule from. Okay. So Amarantha says, if Feyre can complete three tasks of Amarantha, this choosing that she will let Feyre have Tamlin. Feyre adds in that if his spell is broken, the entire spring court can leave and they would be free forever. Amarantha agrees and says she can complete the tasks or answer a riddle and he would be hers instantly. So, Feyre looks at Tamlin, who only widened his eyes just a fraction as almost to say no. So this is actually my notable line for this chapter, page 303. Because when I looked into Tamlin's eyes, even now, seated besides Amarantha as her slave, or worse, I loved him with a fierceness that swept up my whole heart. Because when he had widened his eyes, I knew he still loved me. Yeah, so he finally gives her a little something. He's like, finally, yeah, no. (laughs) He's like, okay. You do it. (laughs) But if she doesn't do it, like she's just gonna die. So, you know, Feyre's like always gonna go out swinging. She's not gonna just sit there and die. She's gonna put up a fight no matter what. Yeah. And like I said, even Feyre says it's gonna be torture like Claire, or she can take her chances with the tasks and try to win. It was just another forest, another hunting ground. So she agrees and makes the deal with Amarantha. So already broke (laughs) Alice's second rule. Yep. One strike. Yes, exactly. Amarantha then has her beaten by the Ator and two other lesser fairies, her bones breaking until she passes out. I wish that was fake. Chapter 35. Pharaoh wakes up in her cell and she assesses her injuries. She has a split lip and a broken nose, but nothing else seems to be broken as she's looking over all of her body parts. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So when she wakes up, just a broken nose and a split lip. We can deal with that. She can still fight with a broken nose and a split lip. Yep. When she wakes up again, Lucian is entering her cell. So we finally get a friendly face coming to talk to her. Mm -hmm. He wants to know if she's lost her mind, but she doesn't have time for him telling her off. She's in this situation and that is that. There's no point of rehashing the situation. She's already agreed to the bargain and there's no way out of it. Yep, she can't go back now. Nope. Lucian then heals her as best as he can without making it too obvious. Feyre says she had to come. She had to tell Tamlin that she loved him to see if it worked, if it would break the curse. She knows about the curse, which Lucian is relieved about. He does not have to lie to her anymore. Mm-hmm. Favor was kind of shocked, though, that he could heal her and use magic. And he tells Favor that Amarantha gave Lucian back some of his magic to entice Tamlin to agree to be her consort, but he still refused, even though she gave some of Lucian his power back. Favor then asks if that was really Jurian's eye in her rank. I also thought for a split 
second that it was Lucian's eye in her ring when I first mm. was reading it. I'm like, oh my god, it's Lucian's freaking eye. He's probably traumatized, but it makes sense that it's Jurian's. Yeah. Then Lucian knows that Feyre knows all of the story, not just about the curse, but the entire backstory. So she is all caught up. Then Feyre is brought back to the throne room and Amarantha wants to know her name. She says, you know mine. I feel like I should know yours. She refuses to tell her, so Amarantha calls Rhysand forward. Amarantha wants to know, though, first, why he told her Claire was the one that he saw, but he says all humans look the same to him. Mm-hmm. He does not know Feyre's name because she lied to him. The Ator then brings forward Lucian and brings him to his knees. She asks Rhysand to hold Lucian's mind and asks Lucian what Feyre's name is. He briefly glances at Tamlin and then closes his eyes and braces himself because he knows for Tamlin's sake, he is not going to be the one to give up Feyre's name. Mm-hmm. We then see four red-headed boys, who we assume are the other sons of the Autumn High Lord, all come to the front of the crowd and are watching Lucian with smiles on their faces. These fucking brothers. I'm so sick of them. I want them all to die. I know. Tamlin just sat there, of course, looking at Lucian's brothers, and he refused to also give Amarantha her name. So he's still saying that he has no idea who this girl is, is not going to give up her name, and is more concerned about who I feel like he wants to kill first out of Lucian's brothers than Feyre at this point in time. Rhysand then grabs hold of Lucian's mind, but Feyre blurts out her name. Amarantha is then delighted that she knows Feyre's name, that it comes from the old language. So she keeps kind of just bouncing it off her tongue. But then she tells Feyre that she is going to give her a riddle it's time to know what it is yes and this is actually my notable line because of course it's been on my mind for the last week yes page 313 the riddle there are those who seek me a lifetime but never we meet and those i kiss but who trample me beneath ungrateful feet at times i seem to favor the clever and the fair but i bless all of those who are brave enough to dare by large my ministrations are soft-handed and sweet but scorned i become a difficult beast to defeat for though each of my strikes lands a powerful blow when i kill i do it slow Mm. i do have a prediction for what it is but i'll save that for later I know. When I first read it the first time, I like thought about it a couple times and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll figure it out at the end whenever <laughs> Feyre figures it out. I'm not gonna... I am determined to figure it out. I'm not going to rack my brain when I'll just figure it out when Feyre does. Yes, but also the whole week in my head, all I hear is you saying, you're not going to know until Sarah wants you to know. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm never going to guess this, but I'm going to do my best to guess anyway. <laughs> yeah, you'll find out in a couple chapters. Yes. So Fear also cannot think of what the answer to the riddle could be when she's back in her cell. She has no idea and she's just going through all the different possibilities of what it could be. But she's also worried now that she said that they would be free immediately if they solved the riddle and not immediately if she finished the three tasks. But Mm -hmm. she doesn't have time to worry about it now because the guards are coming to get her and it was time for her first trial. 
Dun, dun, dun. I know some <laughs> tricky language there by Amarantha, but not surprised. I didn't even think of that until you just said it. The way I was thinking of it was she said that they could be released immediately, so she would just try and blurt out an answer without even really giving it thought and then mm. be trapped forever. But now I see... <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so I think that she'll release them if they if she completes the three tasks, but I don't know if she'll do so immediately. Interessante. Good catch, Megan. <laughs> Chapter 36. Feyre is walking into the arena made of mud where the fairies and the high fae were all gathered to watch her do her first task. Like you said, Amarantha was on a wooden platform above the crowd with Tamlin by her side, and the remaining High Lords were also gathered around this platform away from the main crowd. She spots Resand immediately, who is smirking at her. Mm -hmm. She was then thrown in front of Amarantha and into the mud. Amarantha says that she's been learning a few things about her and learned that she liked to hunt because of Resand. Feyre is wondering if he had read her thoughts again in hopes that he doesn't know about her sisters. Amarantha points to a trench that was 20 feet deep and says, hunt this, and she is thrown into the trench. The mud smells horrible, and Tamlin is just sitting frozen at Amarantha's side. Doesn't the Ator push her in and then grabs her? Yeah. As she's falling? I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is a mind fuck. I know. Because <laughs> things are coming at her in every direction. She has no yeah. idea what's going on. Well, she just thinks she's going to plummet to her death. Then she's got to fight this giant worm. Like, she's probably all flustered and anxiety ridden. I would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, at this point, she doesn't even know what she's fighting. So. Yeah. Amarantha then tells her to run. And then she see. I, that's just how I imagine her doing it. Like, looking at Feyre. And she just is like, run. In that scary, yeah, creepy like, voice. Run, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amarantha tells her to run, and then she sees the giant worm with rows and rows of teeth that is coming straight for her. Feyre is running through these mud tunnels, trying to outrun this worm enough so that she can come with a game plan to survive and win. Just when she thinks she's a goner, Trying to get through a crack in the mud, the worm goes straight by her, and she realizes that the worm is blind. Mm -hmm. She runs for her life again and ends up falling into another hole. This hole only has two exits, up or down a dark hole. And our girl is like, I am not going through that creepy dark hole because I don't know what's in there. So I need to yeah. figure out a way up. And she does try to climb it a couple of times, failing at it. But she's like, I need to figure out a way up. She then finds bones in this hole, lots and lots of bones. And when she's trying to climb out of this hole, she uses the bones to make a ladder. She also makes a trap with all the bones protruding from the ground so she is setting her trap she's like this is how i'm going to win i can mm -hmm. use these bones to climb out out of this hole but i can also use these bones to make a deadly trap for the worm genius when she makes it back out of the hole she takes the bones that she stashed on her person and she places them in different areas of the tunnel she also before doing this covers herself from head to toe in this disgusting mud on her face and her hair and the fairies want to know what she's doing they keep calling her an it <laughs> what is yes. it doing what is it doing <laughs> this is actually my notable line for this chapter page 334 what's it doing a green-faced fairy whined 
She's building a trap, Rhysand said. But the Middengard, Rhysand interrupts, relies on scent to see, and Feyre just became invisible. Feyre broke out into a run, heading straight for the worm. Yep. She's a clever, clever girl. But also Rhysand, I feel like he's proud of her in this moment. He's like, ooh, she's building a trap. She's going to get out. Yeah. Like, she's looking right at him when he's saying yeah. this to the fairy. And she says his violet eyes twinkled and she gives him a vulgar gesture. She's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> But like, why is he acting like this? I need to know. We need to know. She then finds the worm with a couple of blue fairies who are dangling an arm in front of it. So basically at this point, all the fairies are bored because she was off game planning. The worm can't find her and they're bored. So they need to entertain themselves some other way. So they're teasing this worm with body parts of God knows who. I know. I was just thinking like, do they just pull an arm off someone and then take it into the arena? I guess. Yes, who knows? It's been a while, these fairies. <laughs> to get the worm's attention, she slices her hand on her palm to make herself bleed. But when she looks up, the worm isn't there. Lucian yells, on your left, as the worm comes bursting through the mud at her. She then starts running for her life, using the bones that she stuck in the walls to catapult her faster around the turns. So genius. She's so smart. So smart. She knew she was going to be have to be as quick as she can. And she used these bones to get herself around these tight corners quicker. Yeah. And her feet must be slipping everywhere too because the floor is just as muddy as the walls. Yeah. So she's just being a genius. So smart. Yeah. <laughs> when she gets back to the hole where she found these bones, she leaps back into the spot she knew that was safe and kind of rolls out of the way into that dark hole. And she has her bone sword in hand. The worm does exactly what she wanted it to do and comes into that hole after and impales himself onto all the bones that she laid into the ground. Oh, and the worm dies. So and crazy. He dies. The worm yes. is dead. The crowd. Sucker. Sucka <laughs> fell into that trap on the first try because you know our girl only has to do things once and then she wins. Yep, you blind and you dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd gasps, but then there are some cheers that go up, which I was kind Ooh. of surprised to hear. When she mm. climbs out of the hole, she is now exposing her teeth to Amarantha, which I just like don't really know what that looks like. She's, I know, like she's like. <sighs> Reminds me of Miss Swan trying to smile. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen those videos? Like she's just like silently growling at her. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like, really know. She but, does like beasts, Amarantha. She, yeah, she does. <laughs> Amarantha says, well, I guess anyone could have done that. Unimpressed isn't going to give credit where credit is due. Of course not. So Feyre then throws her bone sword at Amarantha, which splashes mud on her white gown, which is just hilarious to me that Amarantha <laughs> wore a white gown into this mud arena. Yeah. I mean, she definitely didn't expect to get dirty. Definitely not. Nope. Amrita's like, naughty, naughty. 
Also, balls. Yeah. She's got fucking balls. She like, does. this lady can freaking chop her head off right here, but. Yeah, she's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see how much I love Tamlin? This is how much I love Tamlin. <laughs> yeah. Amarantha then tells Feyre that a good amount of her court lost money tonight, betting against her. Most said she would last a minute or less than a minute. Some said that she might have made it five minutes, but only one person said that she would win. Uh, raise hand. <laughs> <coughs> raise hand. <laughs> Feyre then looks at Tamlin, whose eyes do seem brighter, but he still wasn't looking at her. Like, you could look at her in this moment. Like, you don't have to say anything, but you can at least look at her. I just can't be All like, this stuff's going on in the arena, and he's just like... He's like <laughs> Oh, these ceilings have mud on it too. Who would have thought, Lucian? Look at these clean floors. The only person he's speaking to. Insane. Amarantha then calls for Resand after she's looking at who bet on what. She's like, Resand, can you come over here for a second? And Feyre is being dragged back to her cell. She then finally realizes that there is a bone protruding out of her arm and the pain finally consumes her. She could barely make it back to her cell. Adrenaline took over for sure. Oh, definitely. After she proved her point to Amarantha, she's like, oh, actually now I'm in pain. I have a bone coming out of my arm. (laughs) Which brings us to chapter 37. Feyre is back in her cell with said broken arm and she keeps hoping that it will not turn into an infection she is cold she is still covered in all of that mud and the pain is making her unable to eat the rotten food that they bring to her she keeps throwing up in the corner of her cell she does wake up with a fever that she's hoping is just a cold and not the infection kicking in she's hoping all right she's definitely hoping she's like well i am really chilly from this mud still being on me so i'm hoping i'm just coming down with a little something and it's not me dying yeah not like you have a giant wound in your arm yeah no big deal she's still bleeding it's like not stopped crazy all of a sudden she notices someone coming into her cell appearing from the darkness and resand enters and he comes in with such a resand line i'm just like what is he up to it's all i can think of like what the fuck is he up to yeah i know He is taunting her. What would Tamlin say if he saw his beloved rotting away, but he can't come down to her because his every move is watched? So Reason does throw her a little bone. Like, just in case you were wondering, the reason he hasn't come down here is every single thing is being watched. All his Which makes sense. Yeah. It definitely makes sense. We kind of knew, but I mean, him not even like looking at her like is a little weird to me at this point. I know. Not going down to her cell makes sense. Not and, even like a little, yeah, like with his eyebrow. Or just like he could look at her and so I've just like we said, been like, <laughs> or be like real quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Resand though says he is here to help her. She tells him to get out. <laughs> and she's like, fuck now. She's like, get the hell out of here. I want nothing to do with you, sir. But he demands to see her. When she won't show him, he grabs it from her and pain shoots through her arm immediately. He mm-hmm. is not taking no for an answer. He just grabs her broken arm from where she's hiding Crazy. it to take a look at it. Then Resand says, don't you want me to heal your arm? Feyre knows nothing comes for free and asks what the price is. So now she is being a little bit smart and using her senses and doing what Alice is telling her 
by at least asking questions and listening to what people are saying. She does it for like five minutes and then she makes the deal. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Reason tells her that she will have to come and stay with him for two weeks of his choosing every month at the night court once the three trials are over, which is so interesting because he is like, very confident that she is going to make it through these three trials that he makes this bargain with her. Yeah. And I think Feyre also recognizes that. Doesn't yeah. she have that thought like, oh, so he does think I'm going to make it through here. Yeah. I think she realizes it like a little bit further, like mm-hmm. I think in chapter 39. But yeah. Oh, wow. He thinks that I'm actually going to win. Yeah. Feyre refuses him, telling him over and over again to get out or to go to hell. Reason informs her that Lucian would most most likely not be coming anytime soon since his outburst during her first trial and helped her. Amarantha was not pleased. Tamlin had to beg for his life to be spared. And then Amarantha made Tamlin give Lucian the 20 lashes. So Tamlin has no problem opening his mouth and getting on his hands and knees to beg for Lucian's life, but won't even look Feyre in the eye. Why? I get he's protecting her, but like... Give her something. Give her a bold. Like, think of all she's doing for you. I know. Like, give her something to give her hope. Yeah. I don't know how she's holding out. I mean, I know she's thinking in the back of her head, like, he did all this for my family, and they're all set now forever because of him and Claire. She's got to avenge the death. But, like, she gets nothing, and she's still going along with this, rotting, literally, in a jail cell with all her puke in the corner. Ugh. Yeah. Poor girl. Poor girl. She's lovesick. Yep. Tamlin. She got bit by the love bug. (laughs) (laughs) Feyre thinks Lucian may not come in time when she really thinks about it because Lucian never thought about her human needs and how they would be different from the Fae. He also hesitated helping her when she was in trouble with the Naga. And now after this incident with Amarantha, she doesn't know if he will or if he won't show up. So should have listened to Alice. Cannot trust anyone. Yes. And she just doesn't know if she can at the end of the day trust Lucian like after everything and she's going off of you know past experiences with Lucian and he really isn't that trustworthy he is very about himself or Tamlin and if it doesn't go with what aligns with that cause then he's not gonna lift a finger yeah and she's also literally dying from a fever so if she wasn't dying (laughs) I'm sure she would have probably held out with an injury but she's dying at this point yeah I get it, Feyre. Yeah. I get it. She knows that she is dying, but what yeah. would all of this been for if she dies now? She needs mm-hmm. to save Tamlin. If Amarantha finally sends a healer down, like Rhysan alludes to, she could lose her arm if the infection gets any worse. So this is my notable line for this chapter, page 334. The darkness consuming him paused. For Tamlin, dot, dot, dot. For Tamlin, I would sell my soul. I would give up everything I had for him to be free. So obviously, she still has saving Tamlin on her mind. That is her tunnel vision. She's going to do whatever she needs to do to save Tamlin. But it's so interesting that this is, I mean, I know that's why she went under the mountain is to save Tamlin, but she did not push back at all when he was sending her home. She barely pushed back and she wouldn't even tell him that she loved him. And now all of a sudden, She's like, I'm going to sell my soul. I would give up 
everything I have to set him free. It's just such a change in attitude where before she's like, I don't want to be a burden to him. So like, I'm just going to go home and like not tell him that I love him or have feelings for him. And now she's like saying all this and he won't even look her in the eye. I think she probably didn't realize the severity because he was still fine when she left the spring court. Mm, but when she yeah. went back and saw it was destroyed and he was gone, she probably was like, oh, fuck. I actually love him and I need to tell him. Yeah. So. I guess. She's like, I'm going to live my life with no regrets. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, she does know about Claire at this point. Yeah. She doesn't know that she's dead hanging on the wall, but she knows that she's in trouble. So. Mm-hmm. I think it just, you know, forces her into survival mode. Yeah. <laughs> so Reason is fading away into the darkness. He's like, if I leave, I'm not coming back and I'm never making this bargain with you again. And she says, stop and tells Reese not to leave. And she negotiates with him so that she only has to go one week instead of two. When she makes a deal, she feels the taste and tang of magic and then she passes out. When she wakes up, she is healed and she is clean like she just took a bath. But she now has a tattoo from her fingers up to her elbow of black swirls and an eye on her left hand. She wants him to remove it and he says it's a tradition in his court to have bargains be shown on the skin. He will wait to tell Tamlin until the right moment. Feyre thinks he didn't do this to help her but to hurt Tamlin and then he disappears. So I just thought of something. The fairy that they saw that had the mark on their neck, was that from them doing a bargain with them? in the night court mm-hmm. or was he part of the night court and already had that well the mark was showing that he was a part of the night court so i think it okay. was a different tattoo yeah i think the night court has a bunch of tattoos okay we are on our second to last chapter yay chapter 38 now that Feyre is not dying in her cell, the guards take her to do a household task. The first task that they want her to do is they take her to a hallway and tell her that she has to clean the floor until it's sparkling. And if they come back, then they will rotate her a few times on the spit if it is not perfect. The water they gave her is brown and dirty and they won't give her clean water. And the more she scrubs the floor, the more muddy the floor gets. So she does ask for clean water and they basically just ignore her. Yeah. Every time she looks at the eye on her palm, she feels like Reese or it is watching her back. Is it? I'm nervous. I'm not saying nothing. (laughs) Oh no, I feel like it is. All of a sudden, a redheaded woman enters the hall and like you said, and gave a beautiful description before it is Lucian's mommy. She says, for giving your name for my son's life, my debt is paid and she leaves the hall. And all of a sudden, the water is clean. She did hide her bargain from Lucian's mother though. She keeps that arm behind her back so she cannot go back and tell Lucian or anybody what she saw. When the guards come back, they are in shock. They have no idea how this floor is sparkling clean. Mm -hmm. They're a little mad about that. They wanted to put her around the spit a few times. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to freaking heat her up a little, but not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> 
The next day, though, they're like, we're going to get her this time. They bring her to a bedroom. They told her that a servant dropped lentils in the fireplace and she needed to pick them all out or the owner of this bedroom would tear off her skin. She picks lentil after lentil out of the fireplace until she is covered in soot and she has no idea when this person is coming back. So she is just frantically searching through this fireplace and when she thinks that she has them all, she finds more lentils. Mm -hmm. All the while thinking, I have no idea whose room this is. It could be Amarantha's room for all she knows. And she doesn't know how much time she has left. So the owner of this bedroom is recent. He casually lays on the bed and says, as wonderful as it is to see you, Feyre, darling, do I want to know why you're digging through my fireplace? This is actually my notable line for this chapter. It's a conversation between Feyre and Resand, page 341. Resand says, apparently she or her cronies think I'll find some sport with you. And Feyre says, or it's a test for you. And what could Amarantha possibly have to test me about? You lied to her about Claire. You knew very well what I looked like. Amarantha has her games and I have mine. Reese is just a little flirt. Is he? I feel like he's plotting... He is plotting, but he's also for he's like, hi, fair darling. It's wonderful <laughs> it is to see you at my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, literally. So after, you know, Reese says, I have my games. Amarantha has hers. Favor points out that he was allowed to leave under the mountain for a fire night and to put the head on the fountain in the spring court. Reese tells her that Amarantha asked him to put the head there and that Favor has no idea what it cost him to go to fire night, which we still don't know. I so know, I want to know do we find out yes in this book no i don't think so god damn it i know freaking five book series (laughs) i'm just kidding i love that it's a five book series but yeah i'm i'm like pretty sure it's the next book you find out okay but it could be the end of this book but i'm pretty sure it's the second book i'm assuming the second book is gonna be her going back and forth it could be about a lot of things (laughs) that was convincing My my demeanor is not under control tonight. It's the wine. It's the wine and (laughs) resand. Now I understand the reaction when you were like, a mystery man. Woo! But like, he's just so smooth. Like the lines that he comes out with, it's like, it's hard not to react to them. Like Tamlin could never be that smooth, even though he has to wait till she's asleep to be like, I you're just what I dreamed of. Yeah. And Reese is like, hello, favorite darling. Yeah. No, totally. I think he's much smoother than Tamlin it's for a, sure. It's, it's a different sort of like read them where yeah. Tamlin is less abrasive, less in your face, just like really just takes his time. And then Resand is like that dark in your face, like going to give you all the shit, get your blood going yeah. kind of guy. So they're just like two very different types of men. Yeah. We okay. clearly know which one you like better. <laughs> I know. I didn't really think I was going to get this read tonight. I know. Megan and Reese and sit in a tree. 
K-I-S-S-I. I wish. You want to see Any- places with Feyre? No, absolutely not. I'm not going in that jail cell. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. I don't want a broken arm and a... No, I don't want to switch places with Feyre. They then talk about his powers, and he says that he still has the basis level of his power. Scary, since he can still do so much, mm-hmm. and the High Lords can shift, but he prefers wings to fur, like you said. Like you also said, he then <laughs> chose her, his wings, and the talents that he has. She goes into asking him about the riddle. Mm-hmm. When the guards come back, Reese says that she completed her task. And when they go to grab her, it ends with what Amanda already covered, where Reese says they cannot touch her, no more task, and not to even go in her cell. And if they do, they are to gut themselves. Reese then says, You're welcome. As yeah. she leaves the room. Just such I a little can't. shit. He is He's a little, a little shit. shit. He's like, you're welcome again. Like, should I start naming all the things that you should be thanking me for? <laughs> yeah. And how many things have Tamlin done for you? Zero. <laughs> big old goose egg. <laughs> big old goose egg. Because you know recent is keeping track. Yeah. We are on our last chapter in this episode. Yes. So exciting, and I can't wait to go and read tonight. I know. I'm so excited to get to the predictions section so you can hear what I have to say. Oh, my gosh. I'm not doing very good at keeping my face neutral tonight, so (laughs) I'm nervous for your prediction section. We can blame the wine. Italian wine is just Mm. making me feel some type of way. (laughs) All right. So now Feyre is getting hot meals in herself. All thanks to Resand. And about four days from her last encounter with him, two fairies cloaked in darkness come and get her out of her cell. Like Amanda said, they were glamored and brought her to a bedroom where they bathed her, put makeup on her, and painted her body in swirls matching her tattoo. They also dressed her in a barely there outfit that showed off her tattoo and her painted body. Resand said it's that he will know if anyone touches her. But I I feel like it's also to disguise the mark. I don't really think he's disguising the mark, though, because he goes right in there and says that they have a bargain. Oh, that's true. So I don't know. I forgot about that part. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) He will know if anyone touches her with the paint that her touching it or her outfit won't destroy the paint and he will know where his hands have been. So he will know if anyone's touching her. He says to Fira, I don't like my belongings tampered with. Well, now she's your belongings. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) unbelievable. Unbelievable. You give an inch, they take a mile. (laughs) All all these men. Literally. She's only yours for one week every month. (laughs) And now she's your belongings. Right? Unbelievable. (laughs) Recent takes her to the throne room where they're having a party for midsummer. Amarantha wants to know what he's doing with her. Resan informs the whole room that they made a bargain and she is to live with him at the night court once a week for the rest of her life mm-hmm. which basically implied that he thought she was going to win her next two tasks and survive so this is when she has that thought and amarantha is just staring at them yeah don't you think that would piss her off is he trying to piss her off he must be i don't know what he's trying to do but like he said earlier she has her games he thinking like oh he's Cat fucking with me yeah yeah Tamlin doesn't say anything, of course, but he does grip his chair a little bit harder when he hears about the bargain. That's good. At least he has some feelings. (laughs) Yeah, he's showing some emotion. No claws come out, but he does grip the chair harder. 
And then Amarantha dismisses them. She's like, go away. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my midsummer and you're ruining my vibes. I'm actually surprised she let Feyre stay at this party. I know. It's almost interesting to see what she lets Rhysand get away with. It's fishy. Something's not right. Rhysand makes her drink the fairy wine, which is breaking Alice's rule number one at this point. Yep. She does, yeah, she does try to refuse, but obviously Rhysand, I think he forces her, goes into her mind, I think. And like, oh. I don't know. The way I read it, it was almost like she didn't have a choice. I think she definitely does refuse at least once or twice. And then he's just like, no, but you're going to drink it. And she's yeah. just like, okay, yeah. drink. <laughs> Yep, she does drink it, and when she wakes up in the morning in her cell, she cannot remember anything from that night, and she is physically ill all day trying to keep her food down. Lucian then does come and pay her a visit, finally, Mm -hmm. and wants to know how she could have been so dumb to make this bargain with Rhysand. So every time Lucian's coming into her cell, she is just being insulted by him. Like, yep. what the hell are you doing here making bargains with Amarantha? Now he's like, what the hell are you doing making bargains with Rhysand? I know. And she's like, I was dying, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, and like, I didn't know if you were going to come or not, which she should have known better, but I, don't I definitely know. don't think she would have had enough time from when Rhysand healed her to now when Lucian's showing up in his cell. Yeah, Right. him saying I haven't been walking up until today because of the lashes Tamlin gave me and Amarantha not letting them heal yeah. she would have been dead by this no. point because even from the lentils task to her showing up for midsummer was already almost a week like yeah, almost, she would have it was been four dead. days yeah she would have been dead I also think too this is how Lucian shows his love for her like yeah he's flipping out on her every time he sees her but he cares about her yeah no he does care yeah she says to him that she didn't trust that he would come and she was dying that he hesitated when she needed him with the surreal Lucian says that he would have saved her out of his loyalty to Tamlin but now that she gave her name for him he would have done it anyways so now I feel like in his books Feyre is at the top of the list right yeah. under Tamlin because she gave her name for his life yeah Lucian then tells her what activities she had been up to the night before, dancing for Rhysand, and when she wasn't dancing for him, she was sitting on his lap. Wait, so he lied to Feyre then, because he was party the night before then obviously he could walk yeah yesterday yeah he's mad tamlin's mad that she made this bargain with Rhysand. so now lucian's showing up in her cell yeah who knows if lucian would have even showed up in her cell if this hadn't happened Mm-hmm. Because obviously Feyre was her after that task. I know. But so it was also it, right after he got lashed. Yeah. But I feel like him saying, I would have come and done it anyways. I don't know how much I really believe that. And now, obviously, the only reason why Lucian is there is not out of his concern for her, but obviously because he had a conversation with Tamlin and Tamlin's pissed off. Yeah. But does know. Tamlin know? Oh, yeah. Because Tamlin yeah. was at the party too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forget he made the announcement that they have a bargain now. Yeah. Feyre wants to know if Tamlin is under a spell and Lucian says he's not but that he's playing a dangerous game and not showing Amarantha which forms of torture to Feyre affects him the most. Which Feyre affects him the most. Which okay cool. Like yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything to say about that. (laughs) I get it but also I don't. Yeah. Obviously, Tamlin has a lot to say because now Lucian's in her cell, like, berating her about her bargain with Rhysand, but, like, she could have been dead. Yeah. So, do they want her dead or do they want her alive? Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. 
Or are they just frustrated that they're not the ones that are saving her now? Somebody else is helping her. So night after night, Reason dresses her up, makes her drink the fairy wine, and dance until she throws up and then makes her dance some more. She's also hoping during all this time that Tamlin will look at her, but he never does. How does she know? She's wasted on fairy wine. Yeah, he could be looking at her after that. But I guess while she's still lucid, he's not looking at her. Well, it's in line with the rest of the freaking times he is nice to her. She's sleeping. She's wasted. <laughs> she has no exactly. idea. Exactly. The night before her second trial, Reesan and Favor are bickering. She says to Reesan, Tamlin never treated her like a slave or a captive. Reesan said no, he couldn't with the guilt he hoarded from how his father treated humans. Maybe if he acted like a high lord of the spring court, the spring court wouldn't have fallen. Feyre then throws back in Rhysand's face that the night court fell too. She would have missed the sadness if she hadn't felt it. Hmm. They're still bickering, you know. In their in Rhysand's room, they're about to head down to the throne room and Feyre is kind of frustrated. She's like, what do you want with me besides taunting Tamlin? And Rhysand says, taunting him is my greatest pleasure. And as for your question... Why does any male need a reason to enjoy the presence of a female? And Feyre goes, you saved my life. And Reeson says, and through your life, I saved Tamlin's. And she says, why? Yes, and this is my notable line, page 356. Reeson says, that Feyre is the real question, isn't it? Why does he want to save Tamlin's life now? He's doing all this with Feyre for Tamlin. But to get back at him or to save him? Like, what is going on? Do they have some secret plan behind all of this that we're going to find out about? I don't know if everyone has a secret plan, but I think somebody has a plan. Resand. <laughs> Resand has a plan. Do we even know what that plan is? No. Will we find out what that plan is? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Good. That's the answer I like. So they arrive in the throne room and everyone is looking at Resand more than normal when they enter this room because it's not at this point weird that he's walking into the throne room with Feyre at his side. Yeah, he's Am- done it many nights in a row at this point. Exactly. Amarantha beckons him over and there's a high fae in front of her from the summer court and the high lord of the summer court is at the edge of the crowd. So this high lord is a new high lord because... The Summer Court is one of the courts that rebelled against Amarantha and was slaughtered. So this is an untested High Lord. Amarantha wants to know why this Fae from the Summer Court was found trying to escape through the caves towards the Spring Court. Rhysand looks into his mind and says that he was going alone, trying to escape into the mortal lands, that he is a coward. Yes, and this is my notable line again for this chapter, page 357. But out of the corner of my eye, I saw the summer high lord sag a bit, enough to make me wonder, dot dot dot, wonder what sort of choice Reese made in that moment he'd taken to search the male's mind. Mm. He's lying again to Amarantha. Yeah, so like you said, the high lord looks extremely relieved that whatever Reese just told her was not the full truth mm-hmm. and withheld information. Maybe he was also trying to escape into the spring court with others, or maybe it was just him. We don't know. Amarantha nods and tells Reeson to break the fairy's mind, like you said earlier. And Reeson chooses to kill the fairy instead of breaking his mind and says to Amarantha, sorry. <laughs> and sorry. she was not happy about it. No, she was not pleased. He then walks to the back of the room and Feyre then follows him without him even really beckoning 
her over to him, just immediately goes into step with Resand. And as they're doing that, fairies are calling him a whore, but some cheered him on saying that that fairy deserved it. But he just ignores both sides of it. He then brings them to the food and wine and hands her a glass of wine and holds it out to her to drink. And he drinks with her. Interesting. So I think you can see, I don't know, or I think there's a little bit of heaviness on him and this is really wearing him down. It's not something that he wants to be doing. And I think this is the first time you see Amarantha give him an order that he's not being nonchalant about. Yeah. But I also think Amarantha is definitely catching on to this. There's no way she's completely oblivious to this. Mm, She can't be. I don't, even if she isn't oblivious, I think like we said earlier, what is, what is Reese really going to do? Yeah, I know. Or that's what she's thinking. Like, what is he alone going to do? Right. What do you think is going to happen next? (sighs) Well, I do have some predictions. All right. For sure. But as always, I'm going to go over my past ones, build on them a little, and then I'll mention some new ones. All right. So first, I definitely need to give myself some flowers for guessing that number one, poor Claire Better would not make it. Yep. And number two, right. Amarantha's soldiers would find Feyre, the Ator finds her. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't think it would happen that soon. I thought yeah. she was definitely going to sneak around, get a feel for it, and then get caught. But she didn't even make it inside before somebody <laughs> caught her. <laughs> so. Immediately caught. Immediately. I was looking at the past prediction about the family being used mm-hmm. as bait or punishment. And I actually think that, I know I retracted it last episode and saying, oh, they came back into the story, but it was a good way that they came back. But now I think, no. One of these next two tasks is going to involve her family. I think she's going to have to make an impossible decision to save one over the other, like a sister over a sister, or maybe save them over Tamlin. I think there was a line about wondering if Resand had known of her sisters, which was a little bit of foreshadowing for them to make it under the mountain with them at some point. So I'm hoping I'm wrong about that one, but I feel like that line about Feyre talking about Resand, mm-hmm. knowing them is kind of pushing us in that direction. So interesting. Yeah. Last week, too, I thought Feyre would break the curse and say, I love you, and he would get his powers back and defeat Amarantha. We know now that there is is another part of the curse that's still in place since Alice couldn't tell her about it. Mm-hmm. So I do think she's going to figure this out and that mm-hmm. is how she frees Tamlin, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure what it could be. I don't mm-hmm. think it's just as simple as saying I love you to him or kissing him or whatever. I'm still trying well, to She's already that. said that she loves him. So Right, right. Clearly but not to him yet. Well, he was standing, he was sitting there when she was like, I, I came to claim the man I love. Oh yeah, that's true. I guess she didn't say, like, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do think it's going to be along those lines, but I'm just, I can't put my finger on what it is exactly Mm, yet. Well, you keep giving it a think. Okay. (laughs) Now, big question mark in my head about this one. I need to know what he is up to. I'm not telling you. I think he still does have evil tendencies, but I do think he's going to end up on Tamlin and Feyre's side to get free Mm. from Amarantha's hold. I predict he is actually going to fall for Feyre now that she will be with him in the night court for a week every month for the rest of her life. I think at first it was just a way to get back at Tamlin, Mm -hmm. like he says, but Mm -hmm. I predict that they're going to grow closer during this time. And you kind of already see it happening. Like you mentioned, she follows him now. She's not being told to stay at his side. Yeah. She's drinking with him. They're making eyes at each other. Mm -hmm. So something's going on there. 
There's a little something, something. A little something, something. Yeah. Yeah. She's in complete denial about it, but. <laughs> oh, of course. But she was in complete denial about Tamlin, too. Yeah, that is very true. <laughs> so. Yep. <clears throat> and lastly, we have this riddle. I have been trying to figure this out all week. I mm-hmm. did come up with one cliche answer. I'm not really okay. that confident about it, but I'm going to mention it anyway, because I really do feel like it is a contender, but probably mm-hmm. not the real answer. I think it's love. Oh. Love, right? Because it can be painful. You can be scorned. You could be fun and giddy and happy. So I feel like it fits the riddle. Yeah. It's the best I could come up with for the episode. It's definitely a good guess. And I assume it's got to be one word. It can't be like a sentence that she has to totally know. I mean, that would make it very difficult. Yeah. I, think. So yeah. I, was, I don't think she ever says it's only one word answer, but I'm assuming it's it's a one word answer. Yeah. I don't think she gives specifications about what the answer is. But Yeah. And I wanted to have a few different guesses, but really, once I stuck with love in my head, it's all I could think that it was. I can't think of yeah. anything else at this point. So we're just going to go with it. All right. Well, we'll see if you're right. We have Sarah. how many more chapters to go? Six? Six? That's it? Six, right? 40 46. to 46. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait to finish reading. I'm so excited. I know, but I can't believe that here we are. We're at the end of this book. I know. We have one more episode after this to record for A Court of Thorns and Roses. Wow. It went by so fast, wild. but it's been so fun. <laughs> I know. It's definitely been a wild ride and a great first book to start off on. Yeah, definitely. And we're just going to pick it right up in book two. I know. I may have a little sneak peek to show you. Oh. And I have it all (gasps) marked out. I love it. This is my favorite book. I can't wait. Yeah, when Megan told me that it was her favorite book of all time, I have been so excited to read it ever since. Because I'm like, if she likes it more than the hundreds of books she's read, it's got to be good and juicy. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite book. Yay, I can't wait. All right. So that's all we have for you today. I am so excited to continue reading and finish this book. See how everything plays out. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know what you think by leaving us some reviews and comments on any of the platforms you're listening slash watching on or on our social media pages. This helps tremendously to get the word out and lead more listeners to find our show and tune in. Yes, don't forget to email, follow, subscribe, rate us five stars, and tell all your friends. We had some technical difficulties there at the end of our episode, so just popping in quick to say, next week we get to discuss the end of this book. Yay! We can't wait. Have a blissful day. Bye! Thank you so much for listening. Join us next week where we start part five of A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, covering chapters 40 through 46. Happy reading!